Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to the Everything is Black and White podcast. Coming up on this episode, we reveal the results to our big Steve Boost survey. We launched it after that 3-0 defeat to Brighton just before the international break. And more than 14,000 of you filled it in. And the message is clear. It is time for change at Newcastle United. I'm going to be joined by Mark Douglas as we talk you through the 13 questions and the more than 14,000 answers we got back for each one. Some really interesting stuff. Some surprises in the responses as well. So pop the kettle on, make yourself a brew, come back, sit down and listen to the results of the big Steve Bruce survey. Hello, welcome to Chronicle NUFC and the Everything Is Black and White podcast. I'm Andrew Musgrove, joined by football editor Mark Douglas. And today we're going to reveal the uh, the results of the big Steve Bruce survey, which we launched after Newcastle's defeat to Brighton. More than 14,000 people took part in this survey, so many that uh, we had to delay getting the results back because our central servers couldn't quite handle the response. So thank you to everyone who took part. Uh, Mark, I mean, first off, huge amount of people have answered here. Um, I guess just a big thanks to them, firstly, for taking part. Yeah, I think, it, you know, I think as a, as a newspaper group, you, you kind of, you don't want to run these kind of surveys after every game because you know that, that things are going to go up and down. But we felt after the Brighton game, it was time to sort of put, put out, um, you know, feelings on, on you know, how strong the opinion was and whether... You know, there was a message to send. And I think, you know, what's really clear at the moment, people can't make their voice heard through the matches. And that's usually when, you know, we take the lead from from our from the fans and you know what the, the mood is on the ground. So so that was the kind of the reason for doing it. Um it wasn't to sort of, you know, kick a man while he's down or anything like that, which certainly, you know, certainly wasn't the intention. We just wanted to find out what the strength of feeling was. And, you know, for fourteen thousand people to answer it in seven days is it's fantastic. You know, we we know that we carry a bit of weight as well. So it, it was just something I think that it was time for to, to kind of run that survey. And yeah, thanks to everybody who did, who did answer. And we'll dive straight in. We'll dive in with the main question. Uh, I'm going to bring it up on screen here. It's a bit small, but I'm going to read everything out as well because we are putting this out on a podcast channel later. And this question here is, should Steve Bruce uh, leave or should he stay? There was more than 14,000 uh, answered this one, 14,971 people. And 95%, so a total of 13,351 people said they would like Steve Bruce to leave his role as Newcastle United head coach. And just 5% said they would like him to stay. Mark, I guess not a huge surprise, but a very clear message sent there by our readers. Yeah, not not a surprise. I, I mean, I kind of... It's it's weird, isn't it? Because it's been a week since um, since the, the Brighton defeat, and I kind of you know I wanted to to go back and actually read some of the stuff that, that we'd written to sort of you know make sure that that we were kind of chiming in the right in the right direction with that result. And and it isn't a surprise. I think it's a combination of things that we've that we've sort of we we talked about last week. You know, obviously the dust has settled a little bit on 
on what happened against Brighton. But I think the anger that there was then has dissipated. It's not quite as visceral as it was then. But it's a clear message. People, you know, people didn't, you know, people don't want uh, him to be the manager anymore. Ninety-five uh, percent is a, is a pretty big, um, pretty big majority. I, I don't think it will surprise anybody that he's, you know, that he's that, 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 they've, that that's the vote. Um, you know, what'd be interesting is when you compare it to where we were at the start of the season. And I think, you know, I think he has lost support. I think it's, you know, look, we know that the internet and these kind of things they're not always a true representation of, of where we stand. But I think he's lost a lot of support in the last three months in particular. You know, I, I wouldn't have, you know, I wouldn't have necessarily said that three months ago, um, the urgency to get rid of him, uh, to get rid of him sounds, sounds bad. I mean, the urgency to kind of make a change would have been quite as, as, as profound as it is now. But there's a clear message there, isn't there? And I think, you know, let's be honest, I don't think 14,000 people would have voted if they were in mid-table and there was maybe not quite such a strong feeling. But, um, as we'll go into in the later results, um, you know, they, they clearly feel that it's harming the club's chances of staying in the Premier League. So there's 13 questions altogether. And what we're going to do is we're going to go through the next 12 and then I'm going to get Mark's view on what the results mean. The next question was about why. Why um, do people want Steve Bruce to leave? And the overwhelming majority of people answered with results, um, which... I mean, to be fair, I thought something like um, maybe tactics or formation would come up, but I guess football is a results business. And when you look at the last 20 games and all competitions, two wins out of those 20 games, it's no surprise, is it, that, that, is, that that's top the the list for, for our readers? It's it's simple, isn't it? You know, I think when you go into it, we've got a result later that, that's a little bit more in what's the biggest issue, you know, and I think I think tactics does come up there. I think that's, that's the majority one there, but... You know, when you when you ask the question, why why would you, you know why should he get rid of it? You're really looking at the fact of two wins in 20 games. If they'd have got double that, then they'd probably be safe by now. You know, you'd probably be looking at it and saying that they're almost okay. So it is results, um, and that is where Steve Bruce will, will kind of hope that he can he can kind of turn the tide a little bit because he will hope that if the players are back, he can get those results, and then. People will say, look, you know, well, we're still maybe not happy with you being our manager, but we can accept that you are, um, the, 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 you know, at least you're not harming the club. I think the problem that Steve Bruce has at the moment is the idea that people think he's actually, his presence is actually harming the club. And, and um, you know, that's that's the point of no return, really. And when you say in results, you know, it's results like Brighton, it's results like, I mean, you know, before, before the last run of four games, you could maybe make an argument that, like, Given that all the circumstances around the club, given the circumstances around the COVID outbreak, all of those kinds of injuries, things like that, you could say, well, the results aren't going for them. There's not a lot of games in there where maybe we would have expected to get an awful lot more than we have got um, in the games. Before, you know, since the since they kind of improved a little bit since Graham Jones came in and the, the tactical thing changed. But the last four games, you can't make that argument because they played Wolves, West Brom, Villa, and Brighton, and got. Um, three points it's not it's not enough that's the problem the results it's not about a personal thing it's not about you know uh, even the tactics really because if you're getting results you know as we saw last season there wasn't you know was was kind of a, an undercurrent of we want Bruce out but it certainly wasn't the same narrative that there is now you know I, I mean we wouldn't run this survey this time last year because they were kind of mid-table and doing okay um, you know, it, it, results change it. Results change it, and, and that's the bottom, bottom of it. And 
you know, Brighton becomes um, a catastrophic result. Um, you know, I felt West Brom was a turning point as well. West Brom was a bad, bad, bad result um, and a bad performance as well. And, and, you know, I think they went there looking for a nil-nil, thinking Fulham would um, Fulham would, would lose to Liverpool and it would kind of keep them where they are. But obviously that didn't happen. Um, so, yeah, it's a results business, isn't it? And that's why the narrative has changed. On to who people would like to see replace Steve Bruce. And what was quite interesting that this, out of all the questions, was the least answered. Uh, just under 11,000 actually responded to this. Well, all the other questions got at least 14,000, which I think actually tells a little bit about maybe where Newcastle United are, because I think you can ask, who would you like to see replace Steve Bruce? But then it's got to come with a caveat of, who do you think Mike Ashley will replace Steve Bruce with? Um, and interestingly, Eddie Howe topped, their, topped the charts there, 26% altogether, uh, 2,850 people put Howe down. And it was Rafa Benitez who came second with 15% of the vote, um, uh, uh, 1,711. Um, I guess probably the, the, the two names, Mark, you would expect at the top, but really only Eddie. I mean, Eddie Howe is probably more realistic given the relationship between Mike Ashley and Rafa Benitez. Yeah, I mean, I think Benitez would have probably topped the top the the list, given that he's available at the moment, and um, you know that he's got the history at Newcastle United. If anybody felt that that was a realistic option, but it's obviously it's not a realistic option while Mike Ashley's here. Um, you know, I think it would have, if there was new owners, um, it would have been the move that they would have made. I think, um, given now that he's available and, and um, you know he's obviously uh, been bought out of China, uh, the contract in China. Um, how is obviously the next one. You know, I think we spoke about him in the last podcast about, you know, it being a kind of realistic shout. I think probably the reason that another 3,000 people haven't answered that one is because they just feel that they've made their voice clear. They don't think he's going to change. They don't think it's going to, there is going to be a change. And I think that's that's the, the, the strange issue at Newcastle at the moment. It feels as if the manager is kind of bulletproof and that, you know, this survey will come and go um, you know, whatever happens on Saturday will, will you know, so, sorry, Sunday will come and go. And will the change be made? Probably not. You know, if, if Steve Bruce picks up one win in the next three and they stay out of the bottom three and they're not in real trouble, I think a lot of people just think, you know, he's not he's not going to make that change. How's the one, obviously, because he's, he's available. Um, as I said, bright coach um, did a good job at Bournemouth. Obviously, they got relegated last year and, and you know, I think the wheels came off a little bit. And, you know, we know that Steve Bruce didn't particularly like his name being mentioned um, in December when it was, you know, when things were kind of, you know, getting bigger and uh, and, and, and there was sort of that noise around him then. Um, but it seems that that's the, that's the name that Newcastle fans feel is kind of realistic and would fit in. Um, Chris Wilde was mentioned by a few. I think it was, he had a few hundred um, votes. Uh, you know, again, I think a lot of people would maybe see that as kind of uninspiring in some ways. Frank Lampard was mentioned as well. I think that one's kind of been been um, been kind of written off as well. You know, a lot of these guys, maybe while they're slightly different because you know he he started managing Sheffield United when they were in the League One. Um, Lampard, though, like Stephen Gerrard, he was mentioned when Bruce got the job. Um, very careful about the jobs that they take, and they'll probably see the Newcastle job at the moment as a bit of a bit of a poison chalice as, as as one that they maybe wouldn't want to be involved in, because they've seen the, the problems that Steve Bruce has had, and you know while. I think Bruce has inflicted some of them on himself. There's a lot of things there that, you know, when we come on to a result later on, I think, which is, I think, kind of the, the biggest 
you know, I think probably the truest reflection of the situation in Newcastle. And those managers will look at it and say, well, do I want do I want that? Um, you know, there's no doubt that if Newcastle was a, a serious prospect and there were owners there who were going to back a manager with funds and with the infrastructure was there where they felt they could take the club forward, it would be a really enticing prospect for a lot of managers, a lot of young managers. It would be perfect you know, next step for a guy like Stephen Gerrard if he wanted to come into England. And obviously the, the Liverpool job's not available. But they'll look at it at the moment and say, well, there's no money there. The owner wants to sell. Fan base are, you know, not happy with the way that the, the direction of the owners. Um, although I would say that if there was the right man there, as we saw with Benitez, they are prepared to get behind Newcastle. Um, they are prepared to get behind the players. Um, but that's that's the way that they'll see it at the moment. And, and in that context, I think Howe is probably more of a, you know, more of a realistic name because he's, you know, although he spent a lot of money at Bournemouth, you know, he's also a coach as well. I think he, he brought them through the the, um, the divisions as well. So, you know, I could see that. He, I was surprised that he wasn't mentioned with some of the jobs, some jobs in the summer. And, and I think he would be a good, a good replacement. But as I said at the moment, I, I don't think Steve Bruce is, is necessarily going to go anywhere unless things get even worse. Yeah, I mean, uh, Chris Wilder, 179 people put his name forward and 135 Frank Lampard. Interestingly, Steven Gerrard didn't even come in the list, but again, that's probably more to do with the fact that, you know, he's doing so well at Rangers and again, it comes down to who's realistic. Would he leave Rangers to come to Newcastle, as you kind of alluded to there? The next question is, will Newcastle United be relegated if uh, Steve Bruce remains in charge? Um and yeah, quite an interesting uh, response there. Uh, so we had 14,187 responses. Um, 92% of people said yes, Newcastle will be relegated if Bruce stays. So that's just under 13,000. So that was 12,999 people said yes to Newcastle going down if Bruce remains in charge. 4% said no and 5% said unsure. What do you make of those results, Mark? Because it's clear from at least them 14,000 people that confidence is not strong amongst them. Yeah, I think that's, I think, again, you know, no surprise there. I think that that's the fear, isn't it? I think that's what, the reason why people, possibly people want um, Steve, Bruce, Steve Bruce to um, to to be replaced is because they feel that, you know, his presence is actually, you know, exacerbating the problem um, at the moment. And, and this was the kind of period that the international break was the period to make a change and, and try and move things forward, but yeah, ninety-two percent again, a thumping majority. I think what's really interesting is the next slide, um, which I think is kind of revealing. There's, there's, there's two or three things in there. I mean, I don't think I'm surprised that there's, you know, the people wanted the kind of manager replaced, and I don't think I'm surprised that they think that the manager is necessarily going to lead Newcastle to, to to relegation. What is surprising is that, um, you know, in the next slide, you see where the kind of faith is from Newcastle fans. And it's not particularly strong. No, it's not. I'm, I've got the next slide coming up in a moment, but I'll just read off the, the the results to that one. So will Newcastle be relegated if a change is made? Again, we had 14,174 people uh, respond to this one. And 52% of people said they were unsure. Mm. Uh, so that's 7,344 7, people uh, 25% said no, Newcastle wouldn't be relegated, and uh, 24% said yes. Um, I, I mean, that's a lot of people to say they're unsure. So does that mm. mean the damage is, is, 
it's it's the damage has been done, but not quite bad enough. And there's a little bit of like I guess the fact throughout the relegation zone um, is is probably the the the, the one kind of uh, silver lining in a way because the, it's still in their hands, really, Newcastle United. So that's the one thing they've got going for them. It's very much still in their hands. Two points above with a game in hand. Um, the worry for Newcastle is the, the next run of games is you know obviously they've got Burnley um, after Spurs. Spurs is a winnable game, I think, because I don't think Spurs are, um, you know, if Newcastle have the full team out, um, they can they can win that game. You know, Spurs are really up and down. I know that, you know, they are a good team with a lot of class and they outplay Newcastle in the first game. But, but, you know, they have a chance there and they've got a game in hand. The game in hand is immaterial if you can't win at the moment. And Newcastle, you know, have only won two in 20. So so that is a big, that is a really, really big question. What I think this that this result represents is a maybe a lack of faith in the uh, players, um, which is which is you know are the squad good enough? That's a that's a big question. And the second one would be probably I would say lack of faith in who Mike Ashley would necessarily bring in if they did um, decide to make a change. Um, and you know the thirdly, I suppose you could also say well it didn't make a difference with Rafa Benitez, which is I think what is driving Mike Ashley to um, retain. The services of Steve Bruce. He doesn't think it made much of a difference the last two times he did it because Alan Shearer came in and was the sort of people's choice and they did get relegated. And then um, Rafa Benitez came in and, you know, we know probably the context is needed of how close they came to staying up and also how much of a mess they were in when he took over. But the, the fact is that they didn't stay up. They, they did go down and it didn't make enough of a difference. And he's probably looking at it now and saying, well, it's a big, big risk to take because we could, we could change manager Cost, you know, could cost us the four million in in compo, and then also we could lose, we could go down anyway, and then it makes it even even harder for us. So I think that's probably the thinking that Mike Ashley's got. Maybe the thinking that um, a lot of those respondents have got as well is, would it make a difference? Um, it's a good question, isn't it? And, and I think it, it's a roll of the dice, isn't it? But either way, it's a gamble, isn't it? Either way, it's a massive gamble. One hundred percent. And again, though, I think. You could argue that with Shearer and especially with Benitez, especially the Benitez season, there's there's definitely parallels here because, again, you're looking at the international break when they should have got rid of McLaren, they didn't. Here we are again with Steve Bruce. And we could be two games down the line and, and Newcastle don't win any of those games and Fulham pick up the points that they need. Newcastle in the relegation zone. Steve Bruce then gets sacked and then whoever comes in, and I think we've, we've there's a piece on our website a date was from the the previous podcast we did. I think everyone's kind of saying it'll probably be Graham Jones, um, but is that still enough time to turn things around? It, it all comes down to timing, and yet again, it appears that Mike Ashley has, like you know, he's he's waited too long. He's not now going to make make the the decision anyway. He's made the decision in the favour of Steve Bruce. So anybody that comes in, they probably haven't got enough time to turn it around if Newcastle are indeed in that relegation zone. Well, yeah, we touched on it, didn't we, a few a few couple of weeks ago, and um, you know, I, I said I, th- I thought they'd left it too late already, and um, you know, potentially, you know, potentially we, we we have left it, you know, they have left it too late because, like you said, now you've got two weeks where they could have worked on the training ground, and I think we all thought if there was going to be a time, it would be now. They, they've said it's not going to change; that there isn't going to be a change. Kind of makes you think, yeah, this this. This is this is it until the end of the season. I don't think they're going to change. I don't. I don't think they're going to make the change. Like you said, the Jones thing is the is the interesting one, isn't it? It feels like they've got the ready ready made replacement there, um, and that would be just 
I would think that they're probably assessing um, what what it is that he's brought on the training ground. Do they feel that he would, you know, has he done enough to kind of, you know, you just say, right, we get rid of the noise around Steve Bruce by by sort of relieving him of his his duties and, and and giving Graham Jones the sort of till the end of the season. You know, again, there's no there's no move here that isn't that isn't a gamble. Um, I feel like they're, they're, every single step of the way is a gamble for Newcastle. And we've just got to hope that Steve Bruce finds it with himself against this massive amount of pressure now um, to, to get some results. Um, you know, we, we've mentioned it before. We mentioned it last last uh, in the last podcast as well. It's going to come down to whether Callum Wilson and Alan Maximan are going to be fit enough to shoulder the burden of keeping Newcastle in the Premier League and whether Steve Bruce can get that rally, rally them enough, basically the players enough to kind of get them all moving in the right direction. Because it certainly didn't look against Brighton as if he as if he did have that if he did have that in him. What we've got to hope is that you know with a full week on the training ground um, and those two players potentially back, Newcastle look a very different team to the one that that we saw against Brighton. Mm, definitely. Um, on to the next one, and it is who is to blame for the situation? Now I haven't got the slide because basically um, it was just a big patch of purple on one man's name essentially 53 percent of people said mike ashley so we had fourteen thousand two hundred and two people respond to this question of who is to blame for the chaos at newcastle mike ashley topped that list 53 percent at seven thousand five hundred and forty nine people steve bruce was next 34 percent that's four thousand eight hundred and seventy seven people and then the players were next on four percent um I guess again that's that's an expected result because for all the criticisms of Steve Bruce and yes he's had money to spend and yes the formation the tactics um have been you know there's been questions quite rightly raised over that it all comes back to the ambition and the direction of the club under Mike Ashley because in many ways at least in my opinion Steve Bruce is kind of collateral to the bigger picture of what Mike Ashley wants for this club yeah, and that's a point, isn't it? I think I make it. I make a point in the article that that, that we've written alongside these results as well. That um, you know, it, he hasn't always been unpopular in the big two surveys and the different surveys that we've done. You know, he actually, when they got promoted that summer, I think we ran one just after um, Rafa Benitez announced that he'd stay. Um, I believe that was yeah, that was after relegation. Sorry, and he announced that he'd stay. And the, um, the 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 big sort of point was that whatever Rafa wants, Rafa gets. And you know we'd already had a season there where Newcastle had invested because they bought Van Alden, Mitrovic, Mbemba, um, and then they followed that up with um, Townsend, Shelby, and Save in the in the January window. And he actually came out uh, favourable at that point. You know there were more people in favour. You know the more people in favour of him staying at the club. And running it like he was running it at the time, than um, than there is than than there was against him staying at the top, and that wasn't that long ago. You know, you're only talking about that was after the last relegation. Um, so you know, it's not that that anybody that people just you know just a blindly sort of click. Mike Ashley's got to be the one, got to be the one to blame. I think what the problem is here is that you know they had. The, it's not even that. I, I think the general feeling is that obviously he does want this takeover to go through. That's um, that's been kind of you know mothballed for a while so it's not you know there's not a kind of get out of our club kind of mentality because he wants out and he did try to sell it in the summer 
what the frustration is that they're blaming Ashley because he's not taking a decision um, to change the manager. They, they feel that he's choosing the wrong option with Steve Bruce um, and that he's showing a lack of leadership. So I think that's that's the thing. Interesting that so few blaming the players because you know, in previous surveys, if we'd have run them, it would have been, you know, although McLaren, I think, probably would have got um, a fair amount of blame, it wouldn't have been just him. I think people would have said there's players in there who aren't trying enough, who aren't doing what they should do. You know, there's players who are, you know, not turning in the maximum amount of effort. I think the, these players have got a bit of credit in the bank because of what, what's happened over the last three or four years. Um, it's largely the same group that got them back into the Premier League and then kept them there two years running and have put in some, you know, you know, they were they're an honest group, aren't they? And I think that was the feeling until until recently. And I think I think obviously that that you know has been diminished a little bit by what's happened in the last few few weeks and few months because there's been some times when they haven't turned up. Um, but amazing really that you, you lose three 0 against Brighton and the players aren't getting more of the blame apportioned to them. You know, it's been the manager really who's who's kind of you know it's felt like well are they being sent out with the right instructions? You know, are they you know if there are people on the training ground who are who are kind of you know falling out with the manager, you know are they kind of collateral as well as you say? Well. You know, it's, it's sort of feeling like that um, a little bit with, with that result. Yeah, Mike Ashley's the man I think they feel to blame. You know, I don't think you can you can say now that he doesn't want to get out of the club, but he's responsible for the state that the club is in because of the way that it's been run for the best part of 13 years. Interesting. We did ask people to give a question for the hierarchy and the biggest response was get out of our club. So it wasn't actually a question but it was a, an instruction. So that was the biggest response um, from the 14 and a bit thousand people who took part in the survey. The next slide is the biggest issue with Steve Bruce. Uh, pop it on the uh, screen there. And as you can see, the big purple one at the top, um, or is it more lilac perhaps? But anyway, that's 49% um, of 14,163 people who answered this question. Uh, 49% said tactics, so that was just under 7,000 people. 19% uh, of people said uh, the biggest problem was he's, that he's lost the dressing room. And then 13% said team selection, but a massive 7,000 people, Mark, there said tactics was the biggest issue with Steve Bruce at Newcastle United. Yeah, and I think it's a really relevant issue at the moment because um, one of the big one of the big questions around the Brighton game was why did you try and why have you tried to stick with the same formation that worked really well for a brief period? They were playing well uh, and picked up a result against Everton, the result against Southampton when it all, you know, the wheels came off after that because they um, they lost their two or three best players. But then they didn't change formation. And they didn't change the system to suit the players that they did have. I mean, there's reports today that Dwight Gale will sign a new three-year contract, but he can't get on the pitch at the moment because of the formation that they're playing. Um, although he did play against um, play against Aston Villa, but he looked didn't look like the right formation for him. So I can see why that's a problem. Um, style of play is obviously one of you know it all kind of feeds into that, doesn't it? That they've played too defensively earlier in the season and they've kind of sat back and and allowed pressure um, allowed pressure to kind of build on them. So. You know, it doesn't surprise me that tactics are kind of cited as, as the top thing there. Um, lost the dressing room. Well, you know, it's very difficult to kind of assess how much any manager loses loses the dressing room. It's, it's very difficult. We clearly know that some players aren't happy 
um, with what's going on at Newcastle at the moment. And um, the performance against Brighton kind of hinted, um, you know, it wasn't the fighting performance that we that we hoped for from, from a, this group of Newcastle players. So, you know, it doesn't surprise me. Again, tactics, I think, have been the big thing thrown at Steve Bruce since the start. There's a very old article um, of when he left Sunderland um, that was written by somebody who remains on the patch that um, keeps getting thrown back at him, you know, where, where um, you know, some of the things that he said said in there, you know, he would say that that's unfair and that tactically, you know, he tried to change things, tried to move things around. Um, but given the results, you know, I think the response to that would be that it hasn't worked yet. And um, he's got to prove, I think, that he, he that he can do that in the next few games because he's been given the chance by um, the hierarchy to, to kind of march on. And he now needs to, to show that he's got a system and, a, and a, um, uh, you know, a kind of strategy in place to actually go and win those games because it didn't look like it against Brighton, did it? Hmm. I mean, the biggest worry for me is the fact that Newcastle have been without Alan St. Maxman, Miguel Amiron and Callum Wilson for for long enough for some sort of system change and yet the same formation was implemented throughout and you've mentioned Dwight Gale there yeah. not at all to being a wide player you've got to put him in the centre and in turn that'll probably fingers crossed would have made Shelby a bit more productive because we know the partnership them two can have and it's things like that where I can see exactly why nearly 50% have picked the tactics because you know when, when you see Dwight Gale being played effectively as a winger you do kind of inwardly scream I think because we know what he can do when he does get a chance um, moving on from Steve Bruce we did put in some takeover questions because well it wouldn't be last night's survey without that would it now now no. this one was on can you castle win the arbitration more than 14,100 people responded to this and an overwhelming majority um, 41% said no. So uh, 5,870 people said no. 22% said yes. Uh, 3,154. And 36% uh, of people said they, they didn't know. So not overwhelming maybe as I, I, I originally said, but still quite a few people, a difference of about 700 there, said they don't feel Newcastle can win the arbitration. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I think probably, um, you know, we don't know enough about it. Um, as kind of fans and as lay people to know exactly the arguments. But I think, you know, this, the long statement and the kind of, you know, boring through some of those documents that came out the other week have made people kind of, you know, question, you know, whether the confidence that they're going to win this arbitration fight is is, is genuine. And I think, I think what you're seeing in this, in this message and then the next, the next slide as well, where, you know, people are, I think now in the majority don't think that the takeover is going to happen. They don't think they're going to be able to kind of um, get the takeover through is very, very, very um, representative, I think, of where Newcastle fans are at the moment with this takeover. 58% think it won't go through now. If you'd have asked the same question um, in May last year, you'd have got a very, very different answer. And I think that's where you know there is an element of despair around the takeover. And it's quite interesting for me you know I, I i think it really needs obviously i don't know whether it's going to come but it needs a message sent by um by the people involved in these groups you know it's not just about mike astley it's also about it's about everybody sort of showing that they're going to you know that there's another way that they can go through it because i think people are losing hope um about the takeover and and, and you know the longer and longer it goes on we were always told the longer it goes on the less likely it's going to happen well 
you know, there, there we stand. You know, we're, we're kind of at the end of March now. We felt spring would be key. You know, it's gone on for too long, hasn't it? And I think we just need, you know, what we all need now is a resolution on it. But we also need, you know, maybe some communication on it as well to, to know whether it's still viable, what happens if the team get relegated. It, it, there's so many questions around it. And, and I think, you know, it's quite interesting for me because I think we ran one in the summer and it was very much like, you know, a very positive feeling around the takeover, still that it could happen, even though um, it had been mothballed. Well, there we go. You know, it is it is kind of where we stand with that takeover at the moment. It's so mired in uncertainty that I think a lot of people have just have just given up on it and, and, and just want the team to stay in the Premier League um, and change a manager and give us some hope short term. That's, mm. what, that's what most Newcastle fans want now, I think. We'll get back to Mark in just a moment because there's still plenty to come out of this survey. Once again, thank you for taking the time and making the effort to fill out those responses. Very clear message sent to Newcastle United. Just a quick reminder to please like and subscribe to the podcast from whichever platform you get us through, whether that be Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever. Just hit that subscribe button. Totally free to do. All it means is that when we upload a new episode to our podcast channel, you'll get a notification to say it's there and ready for you to listen to just means we can get the episodes out to more people to a wider audience and we love to hear your feedback as well if you have the opportunity to leave a comment and a review we'll take that as well whatever it might be constructive criticism is always good but we also like the nice messages as well now let's get back to mark and the big steve survey just a conclusion i think is whether wants either way yeah. whether it be yes or no just let's just get that final chapter written so to speak. So there, as Mark mentioned there, we had 14,153 people respond to the question, do you think the takeover will go through? 58% uh, of people, that's 8,185 people said no. Just 12%, so 1,753 people said yes. And 30%, which was 4,215 people said that they didn't know. Interestingly though, the next slide is whether they want it to go through being backed by the Public Investment Fund and PCP Capital Partners. Um, and 83% mark said yes. That was 11,755 people out of 14,158. So overwhelming majority still want this takeover to go through. Yeah. So, do you know what? It's, it's, it is a high number there. Only 8% said no uh, and 9% said unsure. The 83% is a little bit higher than I was expecting because obviously we've seen over the last couple of months, we saw um, all the politics being played out. You know, we saw the, the report from the United States about Jamal Kasog and that all plays into it. And it kind of, again, you cast out your fans kind of uh, got some criticism on the back of that. And, you know, that is that, that conversation does need to be had about who is, who would be coming in to own Newcastle United and all the human rights element and stuff and all that. And yet, you know, despite that report coming out, which was pretty damning, you know, 83% of people still would like the PAIF to take over Newcastle United. I think the problem is, I think it's always been an element of um, the human rights um, argument has loses water with a lot of fans because football doesn't have a very strong ethical um, compass, basically. And they look at other people who own football clubs and involved with football clubs and say if they can have it why can't we and 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 that i think is the is the kind of the very much the sort of strong message that's come that, that's coming i think 
if you're being honest, if you asked, if you asked that same number of people, there's another proposal on the table that's also going to throw similar amounts of money at it. Who would you rather have them or this other group? Then you would maybe get a different thing. I think there's a lot of people. There's probably a great deal of people for whom it really doesn't matter who owns the football club. Um, there's also, you know, you've got to accept that, that, that the problem is for a lot of people they see maybe Antin Joshua and Tyson Fury fighting in Saudi Arabia. They saw, um, you know, the Saudi Arabian Grand Prix starting. They see Saudi holidays um, advertised on their TV um, in between football matches, and they ask, well. You know what's the difference here? Why is that? Why is that happening now? Obviously, like you mentioned, that the you know, the report about the Jamal Kosogi case drew actually you know drew PIF into the, the you know the, the CIA's report. It was actually said that you know I think that um, one of the planes was purchased with PIF funds or something along those lines. I'm not 100 sure on that. Obviously, it's it's a CIA report. It's you know it, it, it could be um, challenged by uh, by the Saudi authorities, but it's a very murky business. But then you know there are a lot of i mean we're going through the arguments that we had in the summer aren't we you know there were a lot of there's a lot of investment that pif put into a lot of you know very big brands and companies that people use every day you know um disney um loads of starbucks like a lot of companies so maybe we need to have a wider conversation about what what happens in football but i i understand that i think you know everything that's happened this season is probably just going to harden the resolve of people that you know it's about time that we got new owners in and and you know we know that probably there aren't too many ethical billionaires out there um i think what newcastle fans need um is something to cling on to and and you know, i'll leave it on this slightly positive note is that you know keep your eyes out because there is there is things happening amongst the fan base i think that are, are going to be positive and they're going to you know i'm not promising it you know i'm not saying here sitting here dropping a hint about a takeover or something like that that's going to happen but, um there is there are, there are things happening in the fan base i think that that can offer a little bit more hope um coming up and you know we should be able to tell you about those in the not too distant future um because this survey feels a little bit grim i'll be honest with you a little bit dark as of the last two weeks what i can say is i think that you know what what we need is some hope we need something to to cling on to and it, and it, it may well be the case that you know um fans have to do it themselves and i think that you know i think that that seems to be the way that things are at the moment. None of us are in the ground. We're not even getting the social interaction that we we, that we at least got from the games. They may have been poor, but you know, there's something to be said for sitting there and at least sharing your woes with each other. We, we, we're sitting at home watching it on TV, shouting into the void of social media. Um, and you know, this was an attempt by the Chronicle to sort of assess the mood and give people something to, you know, a kind of outlet to to kind of say where they think the club is at the moment. And um, you know, I don't think the club are going to listen um, to the message. I don't think he will go in the short term, maybe not in the medium term either. But at least that clarion call is there now. And, and it's something to maybe shape the agenda moving into um, a really important game against Tottenham. We do have one more uh, response from the 14,000. I just want to ask you first, Mark, how much money are you going to put into Rio Ferdinand's takeover part? <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, that. That, that's frustrating, isn't it? Because um, Rio's part of a um, industry made him rich, fans made him rich. You know, it wasn't, 
it's not um, just the, it's not, you know, you may see it as Manchester United and these big brands and sponsors that are the ones that give him the money, but that money wouldn't be there if it wasn't for supporters. That's sometimes, I think, forgotten in the modern game. And when they talk down to supporters like he did last week, that's why people get frustrated with him because it's, you are part of a, um, an industry that has made it impossible for fans to put their hands in their pockets and buy their football club. There is nothing more that people in the northeast would like than to own their football club, but it's impossible because of the way that football is structured now and the kind of rampant way that it's changed and been deregulated in the last few years. We all enjoy the glossy product, but the fact is, you know, it's 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 so far away from supporters at the moment. Supporters feel very detached from it, and I think it just rubbed in how little understanding there is from some people in football. If you sit in there and say, dig into your pocket and try and buy, and buy the football club if you want to, you know, there's nothing that fans would like more than to do that. Um, but it has, you know, it's not that simple. Um, and it's almost mocking, isn't it? It's to say, well, why don't you go and buy the club? He knows there's no football club in the Premier League that could now be bought outright by supporters. Um, so it's a stupid thing to say. Um, and it comes from, you know, a similar vein of, you know, similar strain of thought that, that when Rafa was there, why doesn't he pay for his own players and all this kind of thing? It's just nonsense. You can stand up for Mike Ashley um, if you want to, but you don't do it like that. You know, it's it's totally different. And you know, and and I just think educate yourself about the situation at Newcastle if you want to. Other pundits have, you know, you know, I I, I sort of um, felt a bit sorry for Jermaine Jennings the other week. You know, he got absolute pelters for for his opinion, but he does know the situation around it. He, he advances a different tra- uh, train of thought on Steve Bruce, not one that I particularly um, you know, agree with, but at least he's educated on the situation around here and he's delivering his opinion um, because of that. Um, what annoys me is the kind of fans who don't, or the, the pundits who don't really um, know the situation here, but, but lecture Newcastle fans anyway. Yeah, most certainly. The final response then was, if you're a season ticket holder, will you renew? Now, uh, about 53% of people said they're not season ticket holders, so take that into account. But those who said they were, just 9%, so uh, 1,300 people said they would renew, 30% said no, so that was 4,227. And I guess, Mark, that plays into a bigger picture for when fans are back on the ground. And it's maybe been forgotten of late, but Newcastle United did give away 10,000 free mm. season tickets. And that is going to be very interesting for whenever the ground is full again, and we hope it's sooner rather than later, what's going to happen there? Because I think that is maybe a little bit bigger than those results I've got on my page here. Mm. 10,000 leaving the ground was, was, a, was a massive story last season, and it's been forgotten about this season because obviously you know they wouldn't know. But I think they were going to lose more fans um, this year. I think they maybe with the signings that they made, they might have retained more people. And, and there'll always be a, a huge number of people going through St James's Park, whatever the team's like, you know, there's a lot of people who, you know, there'll probably be people um, who read the survey and say, it's, you know, I just, I'll go, you know, I, I just want the team to do well, and this is, you know, the noise is, is not, um, it's not representative of me, and there'll be a lot of people who just, just go because it's a habit, and they go because they want to, but we were starting to see an increasing number of people voting with their feet and, and forcing the club's hand, you know, they. They gave away 10,000 season tickets. That is unthinkable at a club like Newcastle United. 
It's not that there's not the enthusiasm there to support the football club. It's that there's not the enthusiasm to support this version of a football club. And, um, you know, obviously, I mean, it was quite, you know, you, you look at it and, and about half the people who um, answered the survey weren't season ticket holders because Newcastle has a big, um, a big uh, overseas fan base. But to get 7,000 people who, who are season ticket holders answering it, you know, they are, um, that, that, that's quite key, you know, that, that's quite, that's quite a, a big number because they don't have that many season tickets. It would be about 30, 30 odd thousand, wouldn't it, who, who are now season ticket holders, maybe slightly over that. Um, so it's a good, you know, it's a good sort of quarter of the fan, of the season ticket, season ticket holders. And when you consider quite, quite a lot of them will be young, young fans and quite a lot of them will be older fans who maybe, they maybe wouldn't, wouldn't go online to vote, to vote in this, but maybe would do it if it was in the paper. Um, that's quite a big number. And, you know, that, that they're saying there that quite a lot of them will, will not renew next season when they have renewed for everything else is, is massive because it'll be, it'll be really killing them not to go to the matches and not to get, get that social aspect of it as well. So it shows how deep the discontent is that people have to stay away from the club they love. Um, and it's, I always said that, you know, it wouldn't necessarily be these big protests and the kind of the boycotts and things like that that would send the message. It would be a slow agonizing kind of long um death that we're kind of experiencing in the UK at the moment. It's been two or three it's been two years really. Raffle was the kind of the 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 one moment in the side in the in the in the middle of it where we felt there was some hope. But before then and after then and even when Pardew was here as well, this bit you know it feels like this club is kind of slowly and slowly, you know, decreasing with every year. And you know, I think this year has kind of accelerated the pandemic's accelerated it as well because um, you know, people don't have that kind of connection with the football club. People feel very detached from it. Um, and that is the sad, the sad sort of state of affairs at Newcastle. And I think long term, it needs new ownership. Short term, they need to stay in the Premier League. And probably ultra short term, fans want to feel like um, the people in charge recognise the perilous situation they're in. And that probably means getting rid of um, the manager or changing the manager. Well, that was going to be my final question. Do you think the club will take any notice of the fact that more than fourteen thousand people have, you know, voted overwhelmingly to 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 get rid of Steve Bruce, and you know they, they want change. Well, we'll see, we'll see, we'll see what happens on, um, you know, the press conference this week this weekend. We'll see what, what Steve Bruce is like. He's come out fighting. I think in previous press conferences, you know, um, I don't think they'll like the fact this survey's been run. I think they did, you know, they, they weren't happy about. Um, polls being run before, and um, so we'll, we'll, we'll see. You know, I, I think it's 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 the thing that kind of gets levelled at us when you know people don't feel we're hard enough. Is you know you're afraid of being banned, and and I just don't think that, that, that you know those words are um, uh, relevant really because it's it's not about being banned. It's not about not being banned or getting coverage, and you know it's it's never been about that. It's just about you know, doing it at the right time and. Um, making sure that you know i think sometimes the noise around a football club um, on social media is is kind of you know it's it's maybe 10 or 20 times worse than what it actually is but you can tell that from this survey and from the kind of numbers of people saying things um that it that it is difficult you know i know that steve bruce talked about supportive letters and i'm sure there are like more people who are supportive than and maybe emerge on social media and things because there'll be a lot of people who you know would support a manager or whatever because that's their belief at a football club you know you, you get behind everything around the football club um but you know it's difficult to ignore the sheer number of people saying that 
that it's time for a change. Even previously supportive pundits are saying, that, you know, they would think about changing now as well. So it'll be really interesting to see what how he responds. I mean, um, you know, I don't think he's particularly liked a lot of the criticism that he's got. Um, it's not personal. It's never been personal. Um, for, for me, it's never been personal for any of our writers. Um, it's not a, it's not something where, you know, we, we, we were positive about what happened last season, gave him credit for things that have gone well. You know, I think we all just feel that it's the right time to, to change and things have gone beyond where they could be. Um, so we'll see. I don't think they'll change the manager now. Um, we'll see how things how things fall out in the next few um, in the next few few days and, and weeks. We certainly will do, and I expect it to be just as chaotic as the previous few weeks covering Newcastle United. Mark, thank you as always for joining us on the Everything Is Black and White podcast, and to you guys who are listening who filled out the survey, a special thanks to you because none of this would have been possible without you taking the time and effort to fill in your responses. If you want to read more in-depth coverage about the results, head over to chroniclelive.co.uk or pick up a copy of Tuesday's Chronicle. It'll all be in there and you'll get a bit more analysis and opinion on those results. Thank you to you guys as always for tuning in to the Everything is Black and White podcast.